Um, same title page, how about that? Uh, I won't go through my introduction again, you know who I am now. So let's go ahead and dive right into finding balance. This is a definition of my own creation. Being able to use technology without being overwhelmed by the sheer amount of information that we have at our disposal. Okay? And being able to use technology so that it does not overwhelm every aspect of our lives. Um, I don't know where the young man went that was just talking to me. Um, he was mentioning um, games, okay? Uh, and I, I mentioned in, in the first presentation that women 18 years and older are the largest group that play games, and he was asking about, well, how about all the young men uh, 15 to 20 or 21-year-olds that play so much, okay? If you take 10,000 of those guys and 300,000 of these women, the hours added up over here with the guys is probably going to be a whole lot more because some of those guys are playing 12, 14 hours a day, okay? And that's sort of what we want to avoid, okay? All video games are not bad as long as they are maintained, contained, okay? If you have 15 minutes and you're just dead tired and you want to do something, you can play a video game on your phone. But many times it doesn't do that. It gets you, oh, I, I can do just one more level. Oh, I can do one more level. Okay? This is where the balance gets out of hand. This is where all those psychologists that work on the apps that go on these phones, that's what they're doing. Okay? I saw in... Uh, a magazine just yesterday, Don Coons actually gave me the magazine. And he said, in, in the magazine, he's talking to a, an app designer. And their goal is to, yeah, I want to design a diaper app. You know what a diaper app is? Anybody want to venture a guess? I see some giggles. Somebody has an idea. Okay? It's an app that makes people want to use it so much that they won't even get up to go to the bathroom. And yes, there are gaming places, uh, especially in Asia, Korea. Korea is the most wired country in the world. There are stories that you can find about guys who are gamers, and they go to these places and they'll sit there for hours on end, and they wear adult diapers so they don't have to get up and go to the bathroom, okay? And people will start complaining, this guy's really starting to smell like a sewer over here. Can you get him out of here, please? And we laugh, but this is what some of the stuff is, this is some of the stuff that's going on, and none of us are immune to it. Now, a few statistics here. 65% uh, of parents say that technology and social media is the main reason that it is more complicated raising kids today. Uh, these statistics come from the TechWise family by Andy Crouch. Uh, who was it that preached the sermon back in May on technology? Use Wendell? Okay, is Wendell here? Nope? Okay. I tried to listen to a sermon, it didn't come through all that well on the, the audio, but I did catch some of it. Um, and I'm actually using 
the same passage here in just a few minutes that he used that, that day. Um, but 65% of parents say this is the biggest issue in raising kids today. Um, and then the other, there's 42% that say it's just a waste of time. I get caught on it and I waste so much time, okay? And then we're more distracted from just our families because this thing beeps, dings, pings, jumps up and down, and vibrates in your pocket. So these are just some of the things that we have to fight against as families, okay? And keeping our attention on our family. Okay, Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9, also known as the Shema, okay? This is a prayer uh, in the Old Testament, and the Shema means to hear in Hebrew, okay? So here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. How many of you have heard this passage? If you were here back in May, you heard this passage because it was read for Scripture. So, uh, there are a few words that I really want to sort of bring out in this passage. Impress them on your children, okay? It doesn't mean to take a brand and heat it up and put it on your children. It means to teach your children these commands, okay? Teach these commands to your children, uh, and in order to do that, you need to talk, okay? So the next word I want to look at is talk. When are we supposed to talk to our children, okay, about these things? It says, when you sit at home, okay? So the home is one place that we need to be able to teach our children about Scripture, about God, okay? When you walk along the road, okay? Now there are many different versions of walking along the road, but back... Uh, 4,000 years ago, this was the primary mode of transportation. Now we've got walking, running, biking, horses, uh, cars, trucks, vans, uh, cars, trucks, planes, and other things that go. Okay? So when we're in the vehicles, talk to our children. Okay? Um, when you lie down. Okay, so let's see. We're at home and we're getting ready to go to bed. One of the things that is interesting is people who, ha who study, say a student is trying to study for a math test, okay? And they study, 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 and then they play a little video game, and then they go to bed. You know what they remember? The little video game. Yes. Okay? So that last thing that is put into the ears before going to bed that night, that is what they remember. Okay? So, Read a bedtime story. Read a Bible story. Teach your kids about Scripture, about Christ, before going to bed. It's a great way to impress it on their brains and on their hearts. Okay? When you get up, hey, they went to sleep with it. You might as well get up with it. Okay? Breakfast table. Great place to talk about uh, Scripture and daily devotions. Okay? So, this Scripture... 4,000, 4,500 years ago when it was written, okay, can help us today in 
our battle with technology. And we'll tie this in in just a little bit. Okay, next slide. Go ahead and punch the button again. How do we get there? Okay, how do we get to this place of balance in our life? Okay, first off, we as adults and as parents, we need to model the behavior that we want our children to have. Okay, and there is a, an interesting video uh, commercial, uh, it's a public service commercial, where you see the father walking along with his cell phone like this, and behind him is his like six-year-old daughter with a cell phone up to her ear. And then it, it does this with various parents and their children and how they are acting. One's a mother who's in a car, and the kid in the backseat, uh, we model the behavior that we want from our children, okay? We need to talk within families, okay? And there are lots of things to talk about. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we also have to have the church involved in the conversation. Go ahead. This is the worst thing that can happen is you get a tickle in your throat when you're presenting to a bunch of people and your eyes start watering and you start coughing and you just can't talk anymore. Okay, so we want to model the behavior that we want our children to have. Um, why did I choose blacksmithing? My oldest son wants to be a blacksmith, uh, 19 years old, and he wants to learn how to swing a hammer and make blades and that type of thing. So if any of y'all know a blacksmith, let me know and we can put him in touch with him because I'm a brick and block mason and a whole lot different. Uh, carpentry, uh, reading to our families. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is going to be difficult. And <clears throat> getting out in nature. Uh, getting out in nature is one of the best anti-stress um, medications that we have. Uh, when we are at work, when we are in front of screens a lot, and that type of thing. <clears throat> Can you mute this for just a second? <clears throat> I think that helped. Okay. Um, we as adults need to be willing to cut down our own screen time in order to have our children understand what we need them to do. Okay. Talking within families. There are tons and tons of things that we can do as parents to talk and work with our children about technology. Okay. Uh, a lot of this comes from various books and a lot of the books have various ideas on this, okay? The first one is contracts or covenants. Um, a contract. How many of you allow your 10-year-old to have a cell phone? Anybody? 
That's about the average age of most children getting a cell phone now. Okay? It's crazy. They don't need them. Um, and we have the, the rule that if you want a smartphone, you buy your own and you pay for the plan in our family. Uh, it's just how it is. And now I've got this falling off. But when you do allow your child to have a cell phone, a smartphone, no matter when it is or how old they are, it's often good to have a contract about the use of that cell phone, okay? You can lay out all the rules that you have and they can give input to it, okay? And say, well, that's not fair. Well, okay, what would you say? Well, we want it this way. Well, no, that's not going to work either. Uh, my wife and I, for years and years, we said we ran a benevolent dictatorship. Uh, we loved our children. We would listen to them, but we also made the final decisions. And so they learned to live with that, and they understood that. Um, and when you have all the rules of the phone laid out in writing on paper, it's very clear, okay? If the rules are broken, they know it. It's written right here. There's fewer misunderstandings. Um, and depending on the age of the child, about every six months to a year, you can review that contract, and you can change things as they grow and mature, okay? And if you have more than one child, you'll have different contracts for each one, okay? It's just like a cell phone plan that we have, but it doesn't necessarily mean a family plan uh, because what's right for a 16-year-old is not right for a 9-year-old, okay? And so you, you change and adapt to each one of your children, okay? One of the other, the next thing that we can do in our homes is create sacred spaces, okay? Uh, anybody have an idea of what a sacred space would be? Mealtime, exactly. The dinner table, okay? How many times in Scripture do we see Jesus sitting and eating with people, and that's when we have some of the best teaching, okay? So that's one of the things that we do at our house. Mealtimes, no screens at the table, Okay, if it beeps over on the counter, we don't go get it. Okay, so uh, the dinner time. And this ties back to that Deuteronomy passage. Okay, when you sit at home, okay, where do you sit the most? At the dinner table. You've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you're really fortunate in today's society. Okay, most people don't have that luxury. Most people get maybe one meal a day with their family. And if that's how you are in your household, protect that space. Make it sacred, okay? When you travel in the car, okay, uh, if you bring your kids to school here and you have a 10-minute ride, okay, make it a place where you don't get on your phones, okay? Nobody gets on the phones, because you've got a captive audience. You can say all sorts of stuff to your kids, but kids, you can also say all sorts of stuff to your parents. So you can have a dialogue. You can listen and you can be aware of each other. Okay? And then one of the things we did in Italy was one evening a week, we said, you know what? We are not available to the church because we need to be together as a family. Okay? 
And so every Friday evening was our family night. And we pretty much left our phones where they lay so that we could focus on our kids. Okay, next. <clears throat> Limit screen time, okay? Um, yes, track it. If your kids have a phone, put a tracking app on it. There's one called... Um, Oh, what's it called? Something Zen. But I don't remember. Uh, the parent's phone is the master control phone. And you put it on the kid's phone. And you can limit how, long, how much time they are on each app on their phone. And it'll track it. And it'll let you know. And it'll let you know various things. Okay. So you can track how much time. But we also, as parents, we have to have alternatives available for our children to do. Okay, Board games, crafts, paper, pen, uh, sticks, blocks, various things for kids to play with okay, that are not screen-based. Okay? And these things help develop the brains of children better than screens. How many of you have ever heard of Minecraft? You've heard of Minecraft? Okay. One of the most addictive video games ever created. And if you take Minecraft and put it beside Legos, the kids that play with Legos, their brains develop better than the kids that play Minecraft. So, sorry kids, if you play Minecraft, I just ruined it for you. Okay? Um, Legos are always better than Minecraft, except when you step on them. Um, that's not fun. Um, be willing to let your kids be bored, okay? Boredom is the crucible of creativity, and I've read that in numerous of these books, okay? Uh, but be willing to give your kids some time also, okay? We can't always expect them just to say, what do I do now? Well, let, okay, that's an opportunity for you. Oh, let's go play a game of Scrabble. Let's go play a game of checkers. Let's do something together. Let's go walk down to the creek there are lots of things that we can give 30 minutes to our kids so that they are inspired to do something besides want that screen. Um, and have homework done in a common area so that they aren't on three or four different text messages, uh, social networking things. Next one. This one is the unanimous uh, recommendation from every one of these books. No screens in the bedrooms. Period. Um, and it was interesting looking the survey that you all did uh, for me. I, and again, I appreciate you all responding. I have no idea any individual that responded, but I say it because many people did respond. Um, one of the things that I noticed was that time limits on children, well, many of you limited screens to less than an hour, but a number of you said that you do allow screens in the bedrooms. If those screens are in your children's room, you've estimated low on how much time they're on screens. Okay? That's something that we need to keep 
aware of. Um, Number one, screens in the bedrooms disturb sleep. And sleep deprivation is one of those things that affects grades. Okay, Uh, The average uh, eight, nine-year-old needs 10 hours of sleep uh, a night. Um, they, the average nine-year-old is getting, I think, eight hours of sleep a night. Okay. 17-year-old is supposed to get eight to nine hours of sleep a night. They're averaging less than seven. Okay. Sleep deprivation after three nights reaches a critical mass and we become less capable of doing, concentrating on things that we need to do. Okay. So get the phone out of the bedroom because most teens will sleep with their phone under their pillow, okay? And even if it doesn't wake them completely, it disturbs the deep sleep if it dings, bings, or whatever's at night, okay? The light from a screen. Um, Mine, it's after 7 o'clock. Mine has gone to a yellow light base for the screen, okay? Okay? The white light that is emitted by a a screen tricks your brain into thinking that it is daytime and therefore melatonin is not released into the system and melatonin is your sleep-inducing chemical that is natural to the body. Okay, So if you have a teen that is on on the screen or someone in your house is on a screen at night, it will keep you awake, Okay, disturbing your sleep. And you need about an hour after that in order to get to sleep. So keep the screens out of the bedroom and before an hour before you want your kids to go to bed, get them off screens. It's that simple. Um, it is also one of the places where uh, there is the most issues with sexting. Okay, 56% of young women are influenced to take Provocative pictures late at night in their bedrooms when they have their phone. And that is the other question that I will ask every parent that I meet. Who in the world, in their right mind as a parent, would send a video camera into your son or daughter's bedroom at night? And remember that thing that I said, someone else can access this video camera from outside? Just don't go there. But it's my alarm clock. How many of you use a cell phone for your alarm clock? Go buy an alarm clock. Okay? $10 at Walmart. Um, We do not take our cell phones into our bedrooms. If you call us in the middle of the night, we'll probably hear it out on the kitchen counter anyway. But we do not take our cell phones and we do not allow any screens in our boys' rooms. It's just safer that way. Okay? And we sleep better. It's something that Mel and I, uh, we had one of these digital weather units that tells, it has a remote sensor outside and it tells you the temperature and the humidity, whether it's raining, uh, all this kind of stuff. But it was this screen that was right on my bedstand, and I was like, man, I can't sleep. So I moved it over to the other side of the room, and I started sleeping better, but it was shining right in her face. 
And she's like, I can't sleep very well with that thing. So we moved it out to the living room now. And so we have to actually get up and see what the weather is every morning. But that's okay. We sleep a whole lot better. So, um, and then some final recommendations in talking within the family. The American Association of Pediatrics, which uh, is a nationwide group of doctors, uh, they recommend no more, no screens, period, for children under the age of two. Okay, um, and a maximum, a maximum of two hours a day for those ages three to eighteen. What's the average that they're on? Nine hours. So most people are way over that two-hour limit. Okay, but these are the things that uh, are being recommended by the Association of Doctors throughout the country. Okay. Look very quickly at the church's role. Okay, um, we need to be ready to engage our youth, especially. Okay, youth today are different. Uh, if you want a very good book, I'll put this title up on the screen. Uh, it is a secular book. It's called iGen. Uh, you've heard of the millennials. You've heard of the Gen Xers. You've heard of the baby boomers. Uh, and then the silent or elderly generation. Uh, now you've got the iGen generation or Generation Z, um, born since 1995. Uh, they are different today. And this book, it, though it is secular, it does give a very good general uh, overview of the generations. And it gives a comparison of how we think. And I was amazed at how it nailed me as a Gen Xer, but it also nailed my children as the iGen. All three of our kids are of this generation. Okay, So we need to be able to understand them so that we can engage them. And they are looking for acceptance and the feeling of belonging. Okay, They want to feel like they belong. And how many times do we as a church say, you have to change in order to come? Well, you know what? Sometimes they have to come in order to change. And so we need to be ready to open our arms and hug them and let them know that they do have value. Um, and they are finding it online. They are finding it online. They can find any group that will accept them and affirm them online, but it will pull them away from the church. Um, we need to give time and energy to individuals and make that face-to-face -face contact. Okay, It is so important. Um, so many churches today are they're, they're getting big and mega. You've heard of mega churches. And a lot of their stuff is video screens and all the information comes out on the website. But people that will attend those churches don't necessarily have contact with their pastors or a small group or a group from the church. They attend anonymously. Yeah, I go to this church. Great, it's a great church because I never have to interact. But we need to interact with our members, okay? We need to let people know that they are important. And families, we need to encourage families, okay? If we have families that are willing to start 
stepping back from the technology, okay? We need to be ready to support those families and have others that are willing to step back from that technology and affirm them in their decision. Because there are so many times, you're anti-technology because you don't want to have your kids playing on this site or that site or being a part of Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. We need to be willing to support families who decide not to do that. And it's getting harder and harder and harder in our world today. We are human, uh, and we are created for relationship. Uh, the very first relationship group that we have is our family, okay? And so we need to be ready to support and protect our families. Uh, we have, from there, we branch out and make friends. And we have the friends we are made to be in groups with friends, okay? And we are also very much dependent upon a relationship with God. And that is something that is struggling today because of all of the different notifications that we get from this. Um, also notice that a number of you do use a Bible app, okay? And that is great. But I would say this. If you can get your Bible, where is mine? There it is. If you can do your daily reading from a physical Bible, it won't ding, it won't lead you away from what you are reading. Okay? You can make your little notes in, in the margins on the page. You can remember where something is. How many of you have ever looked up a scripture and said, I, I don't know exactly where it is, but it's on this side of the page. You ever done that? I did it just the other day. I was like, where? I was looking for a stat in one of my books, and I was like, I know it was on the left-hand page, but I don't know where it was because I had read it in the physical book. If I had been reading it on a Kindle, I would have had no idea where it was in the book. Okay? So that's one way to develop that relationship with God. Step away from the technology and allow his word to speak into your hearts. Some resources. Uh, let's see. TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. I mentioned that one. Okay. Very good book for families to read. Uh, 12 Ways is the next one. Uh, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Reinke. Uh, very good book that talks about how technology is literally affecting us. Um, there are two copies of this that Don Coons gave me. Uh, if anybody would like to buy it, if the church would like to buy it, he said $5 per copy for these books. Um, just don't take them from this table. These are mine, please. Uh, don't want to lose my library. Um, but this is a very good one, and it comes from a faith-based uh, point of view. Um, Screens and Teens by Kathy Cook. An excellent book that talks about how teens are being affected by technology today. And I very much like the, the way she puts it out here. There are five lies that technology is teaching our youth today. And I'll read through them and see if you agree or not. Lie number one, I am the center of my own universe. Lie number two, I deserve to be happy all the time. Lie number three, I must have choices. 
Lie number four, I am my own authority. And lie number five, information is all I need, so I don't need teachers. I have Google. Okay? I agreed with every one of those. And she comes back against those lies with the truth of Scripture. And then finally, the iGen book by Gene Twangy. Uh, again, it is an excellent source for looking at generational changes. Um, some other resources are a couple of websites. Uh, number one is uh, Campaign for Commercial Free Childhood. Uh, it is a group that is working to reduce the impact of uh, digital technology on children. My wife and I went up to a conference in Boston, and we are working with that group also, um, working with the faith-based groups that are looking into this. Uh, Common Sense Media is just a good uh, resource for uh, just general information about technology, and especially for young people. And then Focus on the Family also has a number of different uh, articles and information on technology and screens and all sorts of things. I got it done in 35 minutes. And so now we have more time for questions. This, with this information out there, uh, is there anything I didn't cover that you would have liked me to? Um, but feel free to ask any other questions. I can stay here till late if you need me to. Yes, sir. Do you have any samples of contracts to establish with your children? Possibly from different age groups. I can show you one in this book, Reset Your Child's Brain by Victoria Dunkley. Uh, she's a psychologist, um, and she has one on her website also, which is resetyourchildsbrain.com. Okay. Uh, this lady is a psychologist from California. Uh, she has worked, we met her in Boston, a uh, really, really nice lady. She has a, probably a 10-month-old now. Um, and she has been working with children with autism and attention deficit disorder. And one of the things that she has found is that if you remove screens from the lives of children who have attention deficit disorder and autism, many times they can be removed from their medications. Over 500 children have been helped by this lady just by removing screens. They've been able to reduce or completely remove medications for attention deficit and autism. So that can tell you something also. I saw another hand over here. Yes, ma'am. Instead of going to YouTube and seeing how this person who took how many takes to get that video right, you didn't see all the videos that showed them messing up. Okay? Part, okay, uh, who was it? Who developed the light bulb? Thomas Edison, right? Okay, we remember him for creating that light bulb, right? But he made over 10,000 mistakes to create that light bulb that worked. Okay, 
one of the best things that we can learn from is our mistakes. And so don't be afraid to, okay, let's, let's make a cake or let's make some craft. Let the child's imagination go. Because one of the things that we're doing when we show them that YouTube video of how to make a tree out of cardboard and tinfoil or whatever, okay? I'm, I'm throwing things out there that I, I'm, obviously I don't do a whole lot of crafts. Um, <laughs> but um, let the child's imagination go. And when they make something that might be a tree, it might not be, that looks great. Affirm them for what they did because it's going to help them in the long run and it's going to say, show them that their imagination is worthy also. It doesn't have to look like the perfect image over here. Okay, If they never knew that there was a perfect image over here, what they created can be priceless. Okay. Other questions? Comments? Or I'll even take smart aleck remarks at this time. Yes, sir? Okay. You know what? With little kids, sometimes you have to do a five-minute craft. But for a kid your age, we could put you at a table for half an hour or so and make you work on it, man. Other questions? If not, I'm not going to press the issue. If you want to talk to me or my wife or both of us afterwards, we're available. We can stay as maybe as late as 10, but y'all probably want to get home. We want to get home, work day tomorrow. Um, thank you all for your attention. Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, uh, feel free to contact me, uh, contact James. Uh, our email, I'll send it. Um, I'm actually working on a trifold letter with information on all of this about presentations that we do. Uh, Chris.melody.riddle at gmail.com. So it's me, a dot, my wife, a dot, our last name, and then we're at gmail.com. So feel free to contact us at that email if you would have any questions or comments or suggestions or you need a title of a book. Um, and I would love to close in prayer, if that's all right. So let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your wisdom, for your guidance, and for your word. Uh, four or five thousand years worth of history in this book that you have given us and yet it speaks into our lives even today and with the new technologies we know that your word is everlasting uh, these technologies are going to die away one day and yet your word is still going to rest in our hearts and our minds and in our souls and i just pray that you would be with each family here tonight with each individual that you would guide them and direct them and give them wisdom in how they approach the coming days and months and years of technology and technology use. Thanks, Father, for your grace and your understanding of our of who we are and help us to know you better. In your name we pray, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a great evening. Thank you very much again for having us.
And we hope that you were able to take something away from this tonight. So thanks.